0: Hi, MDRT. It's Laura. It is May eighth, and I am bringing you Season two, Episode sixteen of the MDRT podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I had this wonderful conversation with Dr. Jekima Coleman from Athens, Georgia, and you may know her from her um, famous swell at the track or on the treadmill in her power pose and she is a pulmonologist in Georgia. Um, it's a very crazy time for all you intensivists and your pulmonologists so we got to talk a lot about what's going on in the COVID pandemic down there in Georgia, her running, her family um, and all that's going on with her so please enjoy my conversation with Jakima.
1: how are you? I'm fabulous, even though I thought I was technically more savvy than I apparently am.
0: (laughs) This app has like schooled me on so many times, like every time I think I know what I'm doing, like I don't know what I'm doing, so (laughs) it's okay. I'm so glad we're able to find a time that works out for both of us. Finally. (laughs) Finally. I have to thank you so much. Everyone should know that you are on like a fake lunch break at the, in the ICU right now. Yes. Is, this, is that right? Oh my gosh. I could—that That is
1: correct. And people are still bothering me.
0: Well, of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> um, to back up, this is Jake, Dr. Jakimia Coleman. Am I saying your name right? I don't want to. Um,
1: Jaquemia, sorry. I just got to ask my parents about that. I don't know what that's all about
0: is it Jakima? jakema that's right okay and um you are this is a fabulous time to be a pulmonologist in the united states so you are a pulmonologist i am oh my gosh and you just, you we our plan was to do like a lunch talk during your outpatient clinic but someone went into labor is that right
1: yes one of the uh male doctors because none of the females actually go into labor and take time off. To- it's always the men and their multiple children who keep dropping babies in the middle of rotation. <laughs> but he gave birth to a very nice baby uh, baby boy this morning.
0: I see. Well, congratulations to them. But uh, that means that you're again in the in the ICU over there, right? Right. How is how is it? Tell us about what is going on. In you're in Georgia. Are you in a big hospital?
1: I'm in Georgia. I'm in a big uh, hospital. It's part of the Piedmont system but I'm in Athens, Georgia, which makes a huge difference.
0: Okay. And are you seeing some COVID there?
1: We are, um, and you know, our patients thankfully are doing fairly well. We haven't had a death in our county in a week. Um, You know, yeah, uh, Athens is home of UGA. So we have a very educated uh, population, also a poor population. But uh, people, we started social distancing earlier than the rest of Georgia. That's and great. Just...
0: That's great. So um, so how many patients are COVID positive in the ICU? I'm, I'm sure there are still
1: some. Uh, they're probably somewhere around eight to 10. Then we have two uh, non-ICU uh, COVID floors. Got it. Which Got it. people with COVID don't require ICU, thankfully. Right, 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 right. But I mean,
0: it's still pretty much the majority of what you're seeing right now. Is that right?
1: Uh, no, we're still seeing everything else, also. So we're okay. we're quite busy.
0: <laughs> uh, so what is is your? Are you just doing the ICU for today and and the weekend, or something, or just? Are you switching? Just.
1: For, yeah, trying to understand our schedule. You might as well just learn to read hieroglyphics. So today I'm in the ICU, but tomorrow I'm uh, doing four consults in LTAC rooms. So that's kind of a split day. Right, right.
0: Uh, wow, you sound super busy. So when when did your like day to day you know activities change? Like I'm assuming you have a lot less sort of like routine visits and all that kind of stuff. Like when did COVID like really start changing all that stuff for you?
1: Well, you know, right after the uh, Atlanta meetup, I was supposed to go the following week uh, to Texas for for a conference on ECMO, which would have come in handy for this, right? But uh, that <laughs> that got kiboshed. It got canceled probably about a couple of days before I was going to uh, fly out. Then everything just went downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, very shortly after that, we slowed down the office. Uh, we're still doing televisits visits and seeing a sick patient. Um, and then. Really, the big deal was trying to upstaff the ICUs and make contingency plans to increase beds uh, and resources, which thankfully, uh, we haven't had to put patients in weird places. Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, we had plans to put people in the closet and all this other stuff. (laughs) Although, like in New York City, my hospital, we have tents outside. There are actual patients in these, you know in uh, tents in Central Park. But hopefully that will go away soon. Um, I, so. I know it's crazy. Yeah, you are um, a, a hot commodity, like the, pul- the intensivists, the pulmonologists, like they probably just wanna replicate you and keep you on service like 24 seven.
1: Yes, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's better than being unemployed. So th- there's that.
0: That's true. That's true, but oh my goodness. So um, do you get weekends off and stuff? Like, you, are they, you feel like it is reasonable or is it taking its toll because you're working so hard?
1: No, it's reasonable. And we've been trying to work in uh, five day cycles, you know, because right now it doesn't matter what day of the week is, it is. If you have a weekend off or Tuesday off, I don't even know what day today is. Right. Uh, so right. we've been five days on, two days off uh, for the past few weeks so
0: yeah um well you're I mean we can talk about you're a runner and you're a mother and you're a doctor so I want to talk about mothering first um because you you have a son at least one child I know
1: just one
0: just one I started yeah one and done
1: um it
0: and he has some special needs Mm-hmm. yeah and how old is he
1: He's nine.
0: He's nine. Was he going, he was going to school and then he's home now, I'm guessing.
1: Well, we took him out of school on his birthday the year before last, uh, you know, he was in a self-contained classroom run by the UGA autism program. Um, but we felt like he needed a different environment, which had nothing to do with them. They were absolutely wonderful, but I think his needs were just a little bit different.
0: Okay. Um, and I'm, Is your husband working full-time too? Like, what does he do?
1: He's stay-at-home dad.
0: Ah, dad to the rescue. So he's everything. He's dad, he's teacher, he's caretaker. He is
1: all the things. And he's very, very good.
0: the things. Okay. So I guess their schedule has not been, you know, sort of, you know, undone because of all this.
1: No. And the great thing about my kid's autism is that he's so autistic that he has no clue that anything is different, other right. than that he can't go to the supermarket every day, because he likes going there.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just dad 24-7, so.
1: Yes, and he just texted me a, pi- a picture, so uh, they're in the car wash. Oh! Which we zip- they there just about every day. Uh, yeah. And thankfully, that's free, so we can still do that, but he loves the car wash. Oh, that's awesome.
0: I mean... It's a socially distanced activity. You don't have to talk to anyone or you don't have to. So that's yeah,
1: good. Like some voodoo, my husband actually has him wearing a bandana around his face because <laughs> we've been trying to him how to wear a mask. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you mind me asking about like the diagnosis and stuff? Did you know early on that something was different about your child?
1: I did. And he was literally just, he walked out of the DSM. So, you know. Got it. Uh, in, I'm a doctor mom, so I had all of my milestone charts in front of me. I checked every single month. He was on task, on task, on task. Then suddenly at around, you know, 11 months, he started uh, losing milestones like the speech. You know, he previously previously had, you know, short phrases which were appropriate and uh, he just kind of stopped.
0: Yeah. Was it hard getting sort of help and diagnosis or... Um because you're in medicine, it was pretty textbook.
1: It was pretty textbook to me. Yeah. Um, I didn't use the word, you know, initially because I didn't want to put that on my husband's head, even though I'm sure he suspected also because his background's in psychology. Okay. Um, and this was all while we were in California, right before I was about to move to Georgia. Okay. And, but I think, you know, a lot of people are afraid of the word. And I think our pediatrician was afraid to go there. So we did all the hearing tests and- we're in the middle of workup when we came here to Georgia.
0: Okay, and so you've been you've been in Georgia now. Sounds like for a good amount of time.
1: Yeah, I got here in twenty in twenty twelve, summer of twenty twelve. Okay. And what's it? And like, oh, yeah, God, I've been here that long. <laughs>
0: the yeah, the years are short, the minutes are long, <laughs> the hours are long.
1: Yes, and I get shorter the older I get.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you're, are you originally from New York? Cause I think, yeah, like I was looking at, I've been stalking you, of course, um, on Facebook. I think, um, you grew up in the New York area. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I grew up in Long Island, born in Queens, raised in Long Island.
0: Cool. And then, um, then you went, were you in Maryland at some point?
1: Yeah. I went to university of Maryland Eastern shore and that's where I met my husband. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I did all of my med school uh, back in the Northeast. So I went to uh, Albert Einstein in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, and I did all my residency and fellowship in New Jersey. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. We like missed each other like, you know, a million times, you know, I was in New, New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey and went to New York City. And then um, oh. I, were you, uh, you went to Albert Einstein medical school or residency? Sorry.
1: Medical school. Medical school. And then. not the one in Pennsylvania, the one in the Bronx.
0: Right, right, right. Um, Yeah. And then I think we're, I was, I graduated in 1997 college and then 2008, I think we're the same year. Is that right? I think so.
1: Yeah. That sounds
0: about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. And then um, I was almost going to go to Robert Wood Johnson for medical school, but that's where you do your residency, right?
1: That's where I did fellowship. I did residency at UMDNJ in Newark.
0: I got it. All right, cool. So, and they've
1: well, been particularly bad by uh, coronavirus, unfortunately.
0: Oh, yes, those areas. No, totally. New Jersey is almost as bad as New York, unfortunately. <sighs> so, you been in Atlanta. that What brought you to Atlanta? Oh, not Atlanta, Athens. I'm uh, oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, in California, you know, my father, uh, doesn't really fly. He hasn't flown since he came back from Vietnam and had to make four emergency landings. Okay. So he's not necessarily afraid to fly, except that he's vowed that he would never fly again. And he's a man of his word. Okay. So having William and living that far away, we wanted to be closer to home so that my dad could drive uh, so that they could visit. But I didn't want to go back to shoveling snow because I was not a fan. Yes. Uh, Me neither. And I wanted my parents to be able to come, but I didn't want them to just show up on the doorstep on Tuesday afternoon. Right.
0: Do they really drive from the Northeast all the way down to um, Georgia?
1: Oh, well, they retired to North Carolina. My father's oh, from North I, Carolina. Got it, got it, got
0: it. I was like, wow, that's a really long drive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate making that drive. How long is that drive? We break it up into two days. Uh, so we we'll usually stop, you know, at my parents in North Carolina or at Troy's mom's in Virginia. Then we'll drive the rest of the way the second day. Yeah.
0: Is your son good in the car at least or not really?
1: He is awesome in the car. Uh, we haven't tried taking him on a plane because we can't afford to buy everybody drinks. Right. But, um, right. In the car, you know, I think he lacks the ability to be bored because, you know, we'll drive by a whole bunch of nothing. But you watch him looking out the window, just taking everything in and just looking very, very entertained. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even need an iPad. Great.
0: How How communicative is your son? Is he verbal or...
1: Yeah, he doesn't have a of language, so he can't follow a story. He can't tell you how he feels, but he's very, very, very good at bossing us around. I see. And telling us what he wants. Uh, <laughs> I feel like those kids
0: he- are very good at bossing people
1: around. <laughs> so he, so he, can, he, can, he can get what he wants. Got it. Um, and also, part of it is just learning how to speak William, so to speak, because uh, right. he sometimes repurposes words for things, and we have to figure out what he means, what they mean, in the world. But we get along pretty good.
0: Yeah. No, he's a cutie. He certainly is a cutie. He, you think he thrives better one-on-one at home with your husband rather than in a like a classroom environment, though?
1: I, I think he does uh, just because he really does not care what everybody else is doing. He really has his own program, and he's sticking to it. Uh, so I think in a in a group setting, he just doesn't do well because they spend a lot of time just trying to get him to stay in his seat. Right.
0: Yeah. A lot of boys don't like to stay in their seats too. So I don't like to stay in my seat. Right. No, totally. All of us have, have problems. That's why we're doctors. So we can move, so we move our bodies. Where did the running come in, Shakima?
1: Well, originally uh, I started running in college to lose weight. Like a lot of people start, uh, right. Then, uh, ridiculously, then I my weight was down to 102, and I'm five five with you know a oh, medium wow. size. Weight. Yeah, I probably <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, But then you know, uh, getting to medical school, I just enjoyed running. Yeah, uh, it's just what it's kind of like my daily gift to myself, right, so to speak.
0: Right. Did you start? Were you just so you're running for exercise? Did you start like like races and stuff back then, or no? It's just all about sort of mental health and Keeping in shape and
1: stuff. It's just about being in shape. Uh, mental health. I just I just enjoyed it. There's nothing like the runner's high once you've experienced it the first time. It's like yeah. you know how a heroin addict chases their their next high. <laughs> uh, but um, I didn't race. I didn't wasn't. It never even occurred to me to race until I was in. Uh, I was chief resident, and one of the PAs was going to do her first half marathon, and we decided to do it together, which never actually happened because I developed chondromalacia, but. Oh, uh, running habitually since then.
0: I see. Well, um, does your husband run?
1: If he's chasing a tennis ball. Oh, OK. <laughs> I only, no, I, but I, he's so he's so wonderful. He actually bought a second treadmill. I was just so going to run together. Like, you know,
0: <laughs> I make a mental note of the like two or three MDRTs that mentioned that they had two treadmills because I was like, wow, that is like commitment because that's, you know, exceptional. And I think the other person is Shannon Dunlane, her husband is a runner and they didn't want to share the treadmill. They wanted to run whenever they wanted to run. But I think your situation was like your treadmill was on the Fritz, right? And that you needed a backup
1: treadmill. That was no, that was Alice. That was Alice. Okay. But I got my second treadmill like shortly after that.
0: Okay, so d- does your husband use it like occasionally?
1: He does, and he runs with me sometimes. But mainly, we'll take a like a a stroll together. Okay, we'll put on uh, a video of you know some kind of nature trail, and we'll just climb.
0: Okay, I was like, I mean, it's it's nice you both can t- be on it together. But um, that's commitment, man. A d- double treadmill, like I love it. <laughs> It's, um, I mean, do you do most of your miles on a treadmill because, you know, if your husband's out or something, you need to be at home.
1: Right. I, I still prefer to be outside and most of the time I run in the morning. So I was, I'm able to go to the Y, uh, which has a track before work yeah. or, uh, before my friends move the time to five, uh, five o'clock from five 30, I would run with them in the morning. But right now with COVID, I'm getting almost all of my miles inside on the treadmill.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was, I was saying to you, I didn't want to disturb your lunch run, which we've all seen many posts of it and your famous, your famous, you know, run. selfies, yeah, your runch and your selfies, like they're perfect. They've got your whole body, You're, you've you got like the Jakima like stance going, <laughs> power stance <laughs> that all of us try to emulate, but um, never really get to but it seems like COVID's kind of squashed that, huh?
1: For for the time being, I did, you know, we have a beautiful, well-kept shower in our office that I finally used for the first time the day before yesterday. Nice. So I actually ran to my office and took a took a shower uh, for lunch and talked one of the PAs into coming with me. So okay. I may be able to do that more often in the future.
0: You know, I've been trying, we have an office that we own. I've been trying to like tell my office mates, I'm like, we need to install a shower in our office, even though it's a little bit strange to have a shower in your office it's like so we cannot we can run on our lunch breaks and then
1: no it's not strange it's awesome
0: <laughs> but they were like what if you're like done and the first patient walks in you're like walking around with your hair wet just <laughs> from your shower or something okay.
1: we have showers upstairs where we have office space
0: right right that's yeah um we'll we'll work on that but yeah that sounds lovely to have a shower in your office so so anyway um and, when did you get into races? Because you do do some races.
1: Um, so I never did do that one in residency because of the country Malaysia. So then I kind of let it go for a while because I was busy with fellowship, uh, which was very, very busy. So I moved to California and I worked for Kaiser for a few years. And then they had some kind of drawing where you could win a half marathon. And I won. Then I could- <laughs> yeah, I know. And not only did you win the race entry, but you won like a training group. Cool. Um, but I ended up not doing that because it interfered with Troy's USTA tennis uh, schedule. Wow. So I didn't really run my first uh, race until I moved here to Georgia.
0: Cool. Well, you won, so you won the half marathon?
1: No, no, I've never won a half marathon.
0: Oh, no. What, I, you're saying something about that. But you ran that half marathon. In-
1: no, I run the one in California. I didn't run my first one until I moved to Georgia, when finally our schedule allowed us both to, got it. to do did. A- got it. Got it. Got it.
0: Um, do you enjoy racing? Do you enjoy the half marathon, or you you know, or you just run to run? So it's not a big deal either way.
1: It's not a big deal either way, but I do enjoy the races. But you know, if there were no races, I'd still be running.
0: Right. No, totally. And then do you have a group? It sounded like um, certain mornings, what you used to do was run with people. Do you have like a good group of people you run with?
1: Yeah, we have a local chapter of uh, Moms Run This Town. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. And yeah. so, yeah, there are a bunch of us, uh, and they're just as crazy. They don't mind being up super duper early. So we have a good time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing that uh, we can't really do these days so in a, run in a big group. So hopefully you'll get back to them soon. But
1: you know there are some members who are driving me crazy because I keep seeing their pictures uh from their non socially distanced group runs and their right.
0: <laughs> group of like five people or something. But uh, you know, it is what it I'm
1: is. Trying not to call anybody out personally.
0: I know. I know. Well what is the culture down there? People feel like you feel like people are just ready to get back to normal and they're starting to just open up right away or are people more scared?
1: Um, I think people here are more reasonable than not. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're afraid, but I think that they are sensible. Once again, Athens is a special spot in Georgia. We're kind of like the, the Austin of Georgia. Okay. And so, you know, I think people are going to be smart. They're going to socially distance. Most people are going to wear masks. Uh, but obviously there are some people who who aren't, aren't going to, right. But I think the overwhelming majority of people here are sensible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, are you seeing all sorts of patients like old and young and mostly with, um, you know, complicated medical histories or the whole gamut?
1: I think we're seeing the whole gamut. You know, we had, we had, you know, a young person with no comorbidities here for, over a month on the ventilator uh, he went home. Uh I just had an 84-year-old with COPD and all of the comorbidities just got extubated a few days ago and we've had everything in between. Right. I think the biggest thing is uh that I see consistently is that most of them seem to be morbidly obese.
0: We have seen a lot of that here too. Um and it's just, you know, I don't know whether it's just, you know, hard to Ventilate, you know, it's hard to, if that's the main issue, or it's just something about that comorbidity that makes them unhealthy and makes the virus easily, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but that's definitely, that is definitely what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, the young patient wasn't obese, but he had the flu and then happened to get coronavirus on top of it, which is how I think he landed here.
0: Yeah. But they, I mean, he, how long was he vented? You said two weeks?
1: No, uh, he was here for about a month. We made plans to trach him. And he, I think it was probably the day before he was going to get trach, and he self and The rest is history.
0: That's amazing. Do you think those people just, like, need time and they just get better?
1: I think so. Uh, we have another one that, you know, is still trach, but she's capped now. I think it just takes a very, very long time to get better, much longer than it usually takes from, you know, just regular ARDS and I think if right. you just give them supportive care and wait it out uh I think most of them will survive at least here
0: right like the young like baseline young healthy I'm surprised to hear are you seeing a lot of older people if you wait and support them they'll they'll eventually get off too
1: uh yeah I'm saying that amongst like all all of the age groups
0: yeah I think they just get very deconditioned though during that time. So the rehab's gonna be very challenging for those patients.
1: Right, especially now that we're also uh, adding the dexamethasone on, uh, yeah. that you know, they get the ICU myopathy, but overall they're doing okay once they, once they get yeah. off the ventilator.
0: Are you, do you have access to remdesivir? Or are you um, giving antivirals?
1: Uh, We applied for compassionate use a couple times. It takes forever, so we haven't actually gotten it for anybody. Even though I hear the FDA is close to approval, I think maybe in the next couple days.
0: That would be awesome.
1: And I also registered to be part of a study for our convalescent plasma, so hopefully we get that started soon. Also,
0: yeah. How's the um, hospital staff? Is there a lot of did people end up getting a lot of COVID? Um, you know, in the frontline workers or not, not, not so much.
1: I don't know how many we have overall, but we have had, you know, I've had to intubate a couple and you never want to intubate people, you know, that you work with, but we've had uh, a couple in the ICU. And thankfully they've done, they've done well. One was a nurse on the COVID floor. The other was uh, somebody in engineering who cleaned equipment.
0: I can't imagine. That's just what a terrible feeling that is to take care of a colleague it's just um yeah it's it's scary too did you ever think that you were close to getting it or did it like mess with your head
1: i think it was scary until i actually started working uh on covid patients i think it's much scarier out there uh than it is in the hospital quite honestly at least in the hospital you kind of know who's who, who's got what, you have all of your, your PPE. Thankfully we don't have a PPE shortage here. So I feel relatively safe here. Uh, It's outside that I have uh, issues with, but you know, once you've confronted the beast, it becomes a lot less the boogie monster and it becomes, you know, what it is a virus.
0: Yeah.
1: Easier to deal.
0: Right. Do you like, you know, change the way you interact with your husband and your son? Like, are you scared of like giving it to them?
1: Not too much, uh, you know. And thankfully, my husband's sensible, and he's a statistician by in psychologist by training. So uh, yeah. he, de- he deals in facts and numbers. Um, right. So, so he's not particularly scared. Uh, but you know, sensible things. I'm not one of these people who changes. You know, out on the back deck uh, outside, I have my COVID. Yeah. Stuff, you know, I have my bag of COVID stuff. I come to the hospital, yeah. completely change into hospital scrubs keep my arms, my hair, all that covered. Then I change yeah. and go home uh, and that's it. And I leave yeah. my COVID bag in the car, my COVID to stay here in the on-call room. Right,
0: right, yeah. You don't get naked outside your house I, or anything.
1: And des- <laughs> you know, despite all of this, you know, I thought maybe a couple virus particles could sneak past all the stuff and maybe quietly give me some immunity. Uh, yeah. You know. I had my antibodies tested. I have none, So I'm still out here naked in these COVID streets. Yeah.
0: When did you do that? When did you get your blood tested?
1: About a week and a half ago.
0: A week and a half ago. I think we're going to do it soon in my office. I'm so I'm curious. I had that one day where you're like, am I breathing heavy? And I was like, maybe I had it. Maybe, (laughs) maybe there's somehow I, you know, had it. But um, because I feel I, I don't know.
1: You know, like a week before uh, COVID really exploded, my husband had, I guess, what was the man flu? You know, he was febrile to 101.5. Uh, the whole body aches, chills, swab negative for the flu. So I thought maybe, you know, coronavirus had made its way through my house and we were all immune, but that doesn't seem to be the case.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Did he get testing?
1: No, just flu testing.
0: Just flu testing. All
1: right. Well, <laughs>
0: it, it was just the man flu. <laughs> Or the man, <laughs> a man cold. That is pretty unusual, though. I feel like um, it's if it wasn't the flu, I feel like it it could have been coronavirus. But I guess, I guess not.
1: Oh, and we it- these viral PCRs for uh, all of our respiratory patients, uh, mainly during flu season for coronavirus, we end up finding a lot of other viruses that we weren't suspecting, like RSV and uh, huh. influenza. So yeah. we still have one of those.
0: Yeah. Did your son get sick at any point? He did
1: that child He does not get sick hardly ever
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he doesn't understand germs and stuff, so when we're sick, he's still all under us, all in our secretion, but he doesn't get sick.
0: huh
1: it's amazing I mean,
0: it's, super immune system, maybe like all of it's linked, like he's a hyper immune system that. <laughs> I don't know it has something to do with everything but that's good it's a, and you know kids don't really get sick from this very much either I don't know if you've seen any sicker kids in your hospital
1: um well we we don't really treat kids here they usually fly out to to children's hospital of Atlanta but you know I talk to the ER docs regularly and I haven't heard of any
0: yeah well that that's good thankfully
1: so. Yeah, but there, there is reported, you know, uh, like a Kawasaki-type syndrome amongst children in, that they're reporting out of the UK, so it'd be interesting if we start seeing that here. Huh.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping we're just on a downward trend and we, you know, do all this uh, coming out of the lockdown very sensibly, but we sh- we shall see. We shall see how to do that. Um, did you have a lot of, like... Spring and summer plans kind of squashed because of this, or what else, you know, were people your family coming to visit, or you know, yeah. do you have to change any of that stuff?
1: I did, but not not too much. Um, mainly uh we're gonna have a family reunion in our house this summer, which is probably not gonna happen. My mom was planning yeah. to visit at the at the end of May, uh, which is probably not gonna happen, but Mostly no, cause you know, we have a pool and William loves to swim. So that's kind of how we spend most of our summer uh, out there doing yes. that.
0: Yeah. Is the weather, you know, nice enough to open the pool yet or not really?
1: Actually, it's a little cooler than usual cause going back, you know how Facebook shows you your memories usually by this time William's in the pool every day, right? Currently the water temperature is only about 68 degrees which to me is breathing. Oh, that's
0: freezing cold.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you've been there a few times. I,
0: yeah, I like 80s. 80, 80 when the water temperature is 80s, I like that. So. 87
1: <laughs> seems to be my my magic spot.
0: Uh, well, you are in Georgia. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Right? So,
1: actually, there. here it gets to a point where the pool water actually starts feeling like bath water. It gets so hot.
0: Right. Uh, it's it's crazy, but.
1: Um, so have you liked
0: being in Georgia as opposed to the many different places? Wait, were you in Southern California?
1: Central California in Fresno, which is
0: I kind of like
1: the Bible Belt of uh, of California.
0: Huh. But we love it. I've never heard it <laughs> you referred to that way, but you loved it there. I mean, who doesn't like California? But do you, you like uh, Georgia as much as California or it's just... Ge- geographically close to your family, so that's probably the best place you need to
1: be. It's very, very different from California, but I do like it here. Um, if you'd asked me 10 years ago if I'd ever live in Georgia, I'd be like, hell no, What are you crazy. But um, <laughs> I think because of where we chose Athens, you know, for one, it's very, very green down here, so after you survive the pollening every year, you know, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I haven't run into any yeah. rattlesnakes yet, so... Yeah. Uh, but it's a, nice, it's a nice place to uh, live, a nice place to be active. You know, you can be outside most of the time. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's good for us. My husband can play tennis year round. I can run outside yeah. year round. Yeah. It, wor- it works for everybody. Did he,
0: play, did he play professionally? You kind of mentioned something about
1: that. No, no. He, he played in college. Uh, yeah. But mainly a recreational player. Yeah. And he yeah. Played, yeah. He plays in USTA. He plays in the league. uh, Yeah. Does
0: uh? Can will does William do any sports or any activity outdoor stuff like active stuff?
1: Yeah, he's not really into organized activity, but he's very very active. You know, we were watching him last night. You know, in the home gym, we have one of those things where you do pull ups on and tricep dips. We're just watching him climb all over it and just looking at the workout and just looking at the upper body stuff and just. Sitting there, being jealous, basically of this of this child. Who right, doesn't he's like a dollars. monkey. Basically, can he do a
0: pull up, or he's pulling he's pulling himself up and stuff like probably effortlessly.
1: Very effortlessly. Even the pool fence, he can climb. He can actually take the uh, like his his feet are very very strong, so he can actually take the uh the slats and stick them in between his toes and literally climb that way. It's it's amazing. Wow, but, like literally, but like a like
0: little monkey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does enjoy running but he's more of a sprinter so I have to chase him then we have to stop and him walk, yeah. then I chase him then we stop and walk and so that's <laughs> how my, my interval training in
0: yeah chasing your son yeah that sounds <laughs> that sounds about right uh how was you ran the half marathon um in Atlanta yeah I did you did how how was it we I met you I met you very briefly during the um I think watching the watching the road race um, there were so many of us though I think you were on the a different side so I went to go visit and we said hello but uh, there's so many MDRTs that, that, that was died. amazing. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, but how was uh you know how was watching the 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 Olympic trials and how was your marathon? I
1: mean your half marathon. You know watching the Olympic trials was so amazing cuz I've never Spectated a race before, just it just never occurred to me to, but you know, it was absolutely amazing, especially since they came by so many times. And so you can really see the racers, you can you can see their facial expressions, you can see how hard they were working and what they were putting into it. Uh it's just very, very inspiring. Yeah, totally. And really- I, and then, you know, to have a disappointment like that, because you know, I was pulling for days, I just yeah. love. But, uh, you know, after, you know, a disappointment, I know she's disappointed not making the team, but running into the next, the next day and having her stop and chat with me and be so gracious was just amazing.
0: That's right. I remember you have a (laughs) selfie. You were just, was this after your, your race?
1: It was right after I was just walking to the hotel. So I still had my little jacket on my medal and there she was just sitting in the middle of the street.
0: (laughs) So tell us what happened. Did you, So you recognized her, and then what happened? Did you walk up to her?
1: I just walked up to her. She was with her husband. They were walking along. uh, And just started talking to her like a a normal person. She just started talking back. I was like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) What did you say? Tell us what you said.
1: So I just told her how amazing she was, and that there was this whole group of women cheering for her, and that she was awesome.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) then then were you like, were you shy about
0: asking? asking to take a picture or you were just
1: like I have to do this now I was just like I have to do this now Ah! Um, and and she and she was like oh yeah sure she smiled and everything and then you know she and her husband you know congratulated me on the on the half marathon which I was like oh my god they congratulated me (laughs) (laughs) but oh my god they were just so nice and so gracious I was just like wow
0: that's crazy uh so jealous You was the right place at the right time
1: it's like that sometimes
0: yeah no totally what a great memory you have of that so and it's the the three of you so you're like i'm part of the the lindens the linden family here
1: yes and of course i had my mdr t-shirt on so we're forever memorialized with des
0: right uh you're like i'm best friends with her she congratulated me on my race (laughs) which
1: makes me great by association
0: which does. It makes you almost making the Olympic uh, team for the marathon, Jakima.
1: <laughs> yes. But it is so, disappointing that there will be no uh, Olympic marathon this year.
0: I know. Well, this year at least. Next year, we'll, we'll have one. So, yes. did, like, how did you end your sort of meeting? Were they on their way somewhere? Did people start crowding around them, like, as soon as you talked to them?
1: No, the street was fairly empty and they were actually heading. Into the same hotel I was. So I walked with them for a little bit, then I went off to go change and check out and whatnot. Uh yeah, I, did so her, was- I did I did tell her I'd be rooting for her in Boston because that was before we realized right. how get.
0: Right, 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 right. Cool. So they were staying at the same hotel or you're I guess she, she they were just walking into your hotel for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, I presume they were staying there, but that's where they were heading. Yeah.
0: You are like, "Oh, where's your room? Like, can we meet later?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool! Amazing. She's so nice. She's she's the best. Do you follow her on Twitter? She's hysterical.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not on Twitter.
0: You're not on Twitter. I don't know. I she had has...
1: a tweet that somebody posted the other day, and I was kind of tempted to uh, go on over there.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, she's <laughs> Facebook
1: and Instagram is about all I can
0: handle. Right. No, she, she I think she tweets more than she does anything else. Um I'm not really into Twitter, but um I always look to see what she's tweeting because she's she's pretty hysterical. So uh who did you have any other sort of favorites or people you're rooting for?
1: Well, uh, I'm rooting for um Jordan Hissay. Uh, yeah. it wasn't her day.
0: Wasn't her day. There's a podcast out I haven't listened to it yet, but um I guess runners, elite runners have nothing to do but to tape podcasts these days. So <laughs> I feel like every, everyone is, is sort of recapping that. But I'm, I am interested to hear what happened. Because she kind of dropped out earlier than um, everyone else did, really. It's like maybe mile 15 or 16 where right. um,
1: she,
0: she kind of got dropped. But she did finish. Do you have to give her that?
1: Yes. Um... Yeah. But, you know, I know she's had issues with injuries over the past couple of years. So I don't know if that's what happened yeah. to her.
0: Yeah. We'll have to listen to, to that podcast to find out. Do you listen to music on your outside runs or you listen to podcasts or no? You like to just keep your head clear completely. Yeah, sometimes
1: I don't listen to anything. But if I do, I listen to... Uh, now, this is going to sound crazy, but, you know, I love Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. So I actually have a one playlist of all Naruto intros and outros, um, then just some, uh, old school R and B. Cool. Yeah. I'm one of those people, I can't start something, then not finish it. So any podcasts that are, you know, longer than I plan to be running, I just don't like to to do that. My husband can do that easily, uh, but I don't have the agency required to be able to start something and finish it later. Right.
0: It is kind of annoying. Um, I listen to them on like, well, I guess I don't have a commute anymore if I was on the, the bus or a cab or something, um, but I'd always want to finish it and like it would disturb my work to <laughs> get to work and be like, I still need to finish my podcast. But
1: Absolutely. in that respect um, that's the one thing I miss about commuting because, uh, you know, when I was in fellowship, you know, even though the hospital was probably about 15 minutes from my house, the commute was about an hour and that was like my NPR time. Yeah. For a few years, I was very, very smart because I listen to NPR all the time. But now it takes me about, you know, ten minutes. <laughs> in the class, right?
0: Well, yeah, you're busy. You got a kid. We we have less and less time for all that kind of stuff. So, so what? Um, did you have some races planned this summer or the fall? Um, that got kind of got washed up, or not, not- so much anyway.
1: Nothing big in the summer. Oh, uh, well, there's the marigold that's uh, our local road runners event, which is usually very, very huge in May. Uh, and that's a 10K, which yeah. is a nice distance, more than the 5K, but not quite a half marathon, uh, which yeah. is fine. So I'm going to miss that. that. But for the rest of the summer, it's really a 5K here and there. But then not, a, not yeah. a half marathon until the fall, which we have our local yeah. half marathon at half, half uh, which I'll probably do this year. Either yeah. that or Savannah.
0: Have you done, a, not that, you know, not that you have to, but have you done a fall?
1: Not even on my list of things to do.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admire I know.
1: who can do that, but I'm more than happy to just cheer for them.
0: Right. I know. I mean, and we are very highly supportive of people who run lots of different um, distances. So I respect that. But
1: You have to respect the distance. And I know that I'm not going to have the time and energy to devote to it that I should. Uh, Right. Whether it's doing the actual miles or taking naps or eating all the food, I'm just not going to be able to do it fully, so. Right.
0: Um, It takes a lot of time and effort and a lot of food. Yes. (laughs) And you're a busy woman, so. Um how long is your shift today? It's a twelve hour shift, I'm guessing? Something like that? Uh,
1: a little longer than that. But I got here around seven. I'll probably leave around five ish. But today I also have MEC for the tax, so they're just gonna eat up all my evening. Yeah, uh, But yeah. You know. Is your
0: husband good good at being understanding that your job is super demanding and you know?
1: I think he gets irritated every once in a while, but uh for the most part he's uh very, very supportive and he understands.
0: Yeah. I mean I think you sounds he sounds very supportive. I mean, he's home alone doing a very important job too, and you're at work doing a very important job, it sounds like. Um, I don't know. I sounds, think his job is
1: harder, quite honestly.
0: Yeah. I would guess so. Um, I mean, different things work for different people, but it does, it s- does sound pretty hard. Did he have a problem giving up his, you know, job or career or other aspirations that he had?
1: No, I think, I think this works for him also. He's the type of person who can't be at work if he's not in charge anyway. Um, and before we left, <laughs> and before we left New York, you know, He was working kind of up the ranks of his department, and he probably would be director if we'd stayed in New York. But uh, when we got to California, you know, initially, the job market in Fresno was not that great. Uh, He couldn't find uh, something that he wanted to do. There was something with the University of Phoenix, but he didn't like the way they did things. Um, And then once I had William, he decided he was going to be a stay-at-home dad. And I think it works for him.
0: Yeah. Was that something right from the start, like when you were pregnant and like that was the plan or was it more sort of evolving when you guys realized he had um, maybe bigger needs than you expected?
1: Yeah, it kind of evolved because, you know, while he was perfectly willing to do it, I think we initially thought it was going to be a short term uh, plan, maybe through toddlerhood, um, maybe when we came here to Georgia consider working for UGA in their uh, similar department to what he was doing uh, at John Jay in the city. But it yeah. became very, very apparent that William needed very, very close supervision. Uh, continued yeah. watching. And because, you know, he can't tell what other people are doing, we're just not inclined to leave him with babysitters or other people. Because, you know, people are crazy out there. You never know. We'd like for him to be able to tell us if he was having problems.
0: One hundred percent. Are they like best buds, or are they kind of butt heads a lot?
1: Oh god, they're twins. <laughs> yeah, so I just call it the big biscuit and the little biscuit because they're Aww. exactly alike.
0: That's adorable. <sighs> yeah, I don't right.
1: pictures of the two of them, but literally, William is a little clone.
0: You should yeah, post pic, post more pictures of your husband and your son because like we love to see them. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's always heartwarming to see people's like kids uh, in MDRT and I like to to know more about their families so that's very sweet. Um, what's on your docket for the afternoon you're just more rounding I always remember the ICU just rounds and more rounds.
1: More rounding. I was pleasantly surprised. I was ready to go see all these consults on the floor. Then one of my partners just shows up saying that he's seeing everybody out there. So uh, now I actually oh, have time so to actually make it another round and fix things so that they don't get left for after five.
0: Right. Right. You got to tweak everything. Ugh. Well, we thank you for working so hard in the ICU. My, my husband's an ER doctor and um, you know, the situation has gotten much better um, here sure. in New York, but we realize it's like, you know, he just sees the, the new people, the people entering the hospital. So the slowdown happened in the last couple of weeks, but the ICU physicians, you know, won't get a rest, you know, respite until, you know, a couple of weeks later, because you got to deal with these patients for weeks and weeks and weeks on end because they're vented
1: and they're sick in the
0: hospital for a very long period of time. So
1: um, right, but the ER is the real MVPs because at least by the time we get them, you know they're filtered. Uh, but the cops e- yeah. get them right off the street.
0: I know. I mean, well, let's. It's it, we can go a step further. The EMTs are the people that bring them to the ER. I mean, they've they've seen some crazy things. Well, yeah, so have
1: to go into the hoarder's house and get them I mean, in here. Yeah.
0: yeah, or the nursing homes, or ugh, I mean, yeah. They they saw some pretty grim stuff, but um, the worst of that part of it feel not is not over. I, I like to say, but like that really horrible part where people were just jammed at the front door of the ER, like you know, literally on death's door. Um, seems to be getting much better. So,
1: well, that's good.
0: Um, yeah. I'm hoping you guys will be able to extubate and send more people home every single day. I hope that happens like every day.
1: So. I don't think so. I mean, I've been so pleasantly surprised by how we've done here. Cause you know, at, at the beginning, just listening to all the reports, you know, coming from Italy uh, you know, it was hard not to despair a little bit.
0: Yeah. And we had about a week or two that felt like that, but it quickly uh, made a turn. And it was very apparent to at least me and that social distancing works. <laughs> it, does. it really does. It really made a huge difference. It, it, and it just takes two to three weeks for it to work. So we just don't want to be back there again. So we got to do this carefully. That's all.
1: That's all. Now, that's yeah. what I really wish everybody out there, you know, on both sides would just understand. It's a kind of. It's kind of like doing one of those class projects in high school. Uh, where you know you kind of have to be part of a group and work together
0: and that's right but the p- person heading this whole thing is not i don't know really the wisest so anyway bless good. his heart as they say here in the south what what do they say
1: bless his heart
0: oh bless his heart yes <laughs> <laughs> Bless his heart. Just don't drink disinfectant or gargle with bleach. So, yeah. (laughs) All right, Jaquina. I'm going to let you go because you have so many important things to do. And we're just so thankful to have, you know, wise, competent pulmonologists, intensivists out there fighting the good fight for our country. So thank you so much for working hard. Um, I hope you get all the support you need. It sounds like you are well supported. It sounds like you have all the PPE and the ventilators you need, right? I do. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, I hope you get some good runs into and I hope so. You too. Know, as Yeah. Are you are you continuing to run like just on the treadmill, I guess at home in the morning and at, and at, at night?
1: Yeah. And in my neighborhood, my husband. Doesn't really want me running out in the street because he thinks like a CIA agent. And I hate to admit it, but he's right most of the time. But, um, you know, just because people have been attacking healthcare workers and stuff like that, he's worried about me being out there and being visible. So just in my neighborhood. Uh, Can't really run in the woods because, you know, it's uh, snaky down here. It's not like being on Long Island. (laughs) Every snake was a garter snake. They actually have rattlesnakes and stuff here. Yeah. Which, by the way, last I, don't night know, I was bit in the face by a scorpion. That was a new experience.
0: Who got bit in the face by a scorpion?
1: I did. You know, we opened a new deck last year, so we we're out last night on the deck having drinks after we put the boy to bed. You know, talking about how wonderful it was out there, how nice it was, how beautiful the weather was, how much we loved it, and then bam! I got bit in the face by a scorpion. Or stuck. Oh my god!
0: Yeah. I didn't even know there were scorpions in. Georgia which is very ignorant of me but I just think of that as like a desert type of thing
1: I didn't know they were here till I got here but time it was too late <laughs> I was here already but yes
0: you're like so someone should have told me there's scorpions in Georgia I would have rethink thought this whole thing
1: yes. but it sounds a lot worse than it actually was uh you know it's no worse than the bee sting
0: oh it sounds horrible though
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course right right on right on my face but you know
0: I hope you killed it. I hope someone like stepped on it.
1: Um, William went after <laughs> with his bare foot. Thankfully, we uh, caught him before he had a chance to step down. But, you know. Okay. Yeah,
0: that, would been,
1: that would have been good. But, all right. Well, I hope,
0: um, yes, no snake bites, no scorpions, um, no, you know, weird people attacking healthcare workers on the street. I hope, I don't know, things get better and we can sort of relax and do some more outdoor running. And one day we can run with our friends, but we shall see. So, we shall see. but yeah, but stay safe. And thank you so much for um, making time for us. I'm really, um, I'm really so glad we are able to,
1: you know, talk today. Oh, it was 100% my pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right, Jakima, have a good. Thanks, gals, for tuning in and listening to my conversation with Jakima. I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope uh, you know as we t- are opening up um, some things here and there, um, we're doing it carefully, and um, that you guys are still running. So happy running, guys!